Hello and welcome to the Hello Rookie Podcast. My name is Chris Lawless. I'm the host of this show. Today we're talking the NFL Week 12 main slate on FanDuel and DraftKings. Going to kick it off with the quarterback position at DraftKings. Um, put together a lineup for the Millionaire Maker. Then we'll hop over to FanDuel and do a lineup for the Sunday Million as well. Uh, this lineup is going to start with my absolute favorite play for the week. And that's Matt Ryan against a Tampa Bay secondary that started the season poorly and has gotten worse as it's gone along. Um now giving up over 290 passing yards per game, over 313 passing yards per game over the past month. Um, that number jumps up even higher when you look at their road splits. So a uh, great spot for Matt Ryan at home here. Um, and I absolutely love stacking him with Julio Jones, uh, who I think is due for a, a big game. He hasn't had one since um, the team's traded away Sanu. And now that Hooper is a little bit banged up, you've got Freeman a little bit banged up in the backfield. Did have to deal last week with um, Bradbury uh, shadowing him, but this week I think you know much more favorable matchup. Tampa Bay has no answers really, really for Julio, and obviously the big game that Calvin had last week um, will only help create more space for him. Um, so I really like Julio Jones at home stacked with Matt Ryan. That's how I'm going to start this lineup out this week. Um, going back to the quarterback position, once you get under Matt Ryan, I'm really not overly interested in the group below him um i know you know even going down past baker mayfield and sam darnold who have been in um a lot of the articles that i've read so far this week to me you know mayfield i think cleveland is going to have so much success on the ground you're looking at you know how how much yardage how much how many stats can mayfield rack up in you know two maybe three quarters at the most before they're just running the clock out with chubb and kareem hunt in that one um, so I'd be a little more interested in Chubb. I do have um, a little bit of interest in his receivers just because, you know, he's really only throwing the ball right now to um, to Odell, uh, Landry, and Hunt in this offense. There is not a lot of other guys involved, so the pass catchers are a little more intriguing to me than Baker simply because at 5,900, I think there's guys just, you know, a few hundred <clears throat> cheaper than him that have maybe slightly more upside just because they'll be, um, you know, playing a full game versus, you know, Miami on the road in Cleveland. I think that this could turn into uh, the Nick Chubb show pretty quickly. So um, Darnold, you know, Oakland burned us last week, burned me last week in a bad way. So I'm not going to target the Raiders defense. I just, the, the problem is and why Oakland's, um, you know, giving up one of the higher passer ratings in the NFL yet, uh, you look at the yardage numbers is not nearly as bad as you might expect, especially when you look at the personnel and their secondary and the fact that they're still not getting a great pass rush is just John Gruden is managing these games. Um, he's, you know, running er on early downs. He's running on second down. He's running, um, you know, any, any chance he get, he's going to run the ball. He's going to try and, you know, drain the play clock, stay ahead of the, of the chains and, um, keep his defense off the field and he's, you know, doing it successfully. And even when you look at the passing game, like the, the average depth of target is not that is um, everything's close to the line of scrimmage and it's long sustained drives, which is affecting the other teams um, that, you know, their opponents fantasy upside. So Sam Darnold, I'm not that interested in this week either, despite how popular he's been. Um, now Carson Wentz is a guy, I think he's underpriced at 5,600. Um, you know, the weapons are obviously going to be an issue the rest of the season. It is what it is. They're, you know, having to use Miles Sanders to stretch the field. It's gotten so bad at receiver. Saw Nelson Aguilar. I mean, it would have been a – he had two red zone targets that, you know, were borderline um, 
a better receiver could have caught them, but he didn't make a play on either of them. It's the story of Nelson Aguilar's career. But at this point, you know, they don't have a lot of options, assuming Alshon Jeffries out again this week, but it looks like perhaps he could be back. Um, Zach Ertz finally coming on a little bit, but you know, that Seattle secondary has got problems still. You're not going to run on them. So clearly this is a game script that could favor the pass, um, for, for Wentz. So maybe he has a, um, his first good fantasy game in almost two months here, um, against Seattle. I won't have too many shares of him simply because I do like a couple of these guys cheaper here at 5,500 Jeff Driscoll, um, averaging about 45 rushing yards per game in his two starts for the Lions. Um, we saw him throw for two touchdowns and no interceptions against the Cowboys last week. So not too bad through the air. I don't, you know, I don't think it's, it's as good as people are, are hinting at, but that being said, you know, Detroit's, um, offense in general has been consistently good this, this season, despite a pretty tough schedule. So when you see Washington, who's now giving up the second most yards per pass attempt in the NFL, um, over nine yards per pass attempt over the past month. Uh, I think that's one you have to look at. Um, I don't think Washington's going to be able to, to put up a ton of points against the Lions defense, but I also don't think they'll be able to sustain drives. So Driscoll should have the ball plenty to to put up numbers here. And, and again, this is a Detroit offense. When I look at these games um, and kind of going back to Matt Ryan for a second here, I'm, I'm, I try and establish or find players that, you know, there really aren't outs for, right? So like technically Russell Wilson could get into a game where Pete Carroll just wants to run the ball a ton on the road and let his defense uh, win the game for him. So, you know, Wilson only throws it 25 times. We've seen that a ton this year. Um, Same thing, you know, you can make the same argument with Carson Wentz with limited weapons and Russell Wilson on the other side that maybe Doug Peterson goes a little more conservative, you know, the Baker Mayfield, you know, second half concerns. So I'm I'm trying to establish outs and try and find players um, that don't necessarily have outs, right? So um, for me... Nick Foles is one of those guys that fits that same category as Matt Ryan, where bad se- he's facing a bad secondary in a really good front seven. So I don't expect the Jags to necessarily have um, success running the ball here against Tennessee. Um, again, we saw single-digit carries from Leonard Fournette last week, um, and this is a Titans secondary that uh, is is dramatically trending in the wrong direction right now. And I think Foles specifically has a couple of mismatches against that secondary that he'll be able to target. And knowing John DeFilippo, he'll, he'll know that coming in. And, and I think, you know, we, you know, we were on Foles last week, despite what was a bad matchup on paper. Um, but as I said, going into the week, you know, if you look, really look at Indy, you know, they were giving up 300 yards and two touchdowns to every decent quarterback they faced. And that's basically what Foles did. In fact, he would have reached value last week had he um, had four more yards and gotten that 300-yard th- bonus on DraftKings. But, you know, 300 yards and two touchdowns against Indy, I think uh, he can find even more success here against Titans. Um, I, I guess the one cause for concern, and I get, then in the out I would establish for Foles and the reason why he's not, you know, so for me it's Matt Ryan and then my second-highest-owned quarterback um, this week so far has been Driscoll uh, with Foles in there at third. Um but I really, I really love Ryan this week. Like I, he'll far and away be my number one on quarterback. But the reason um, I would be a little bit hesitant on Foles is just the Derrick Henry effect on the other side of the ball, and and the fact that the Titans are going to run Henry a ton in this one. Um, so I, you know, time of possession could become an issue for the Jags here. Uh, this obviously could turn into a low scoring. I don't think it would surprise anybody if if you know Jaguars at Titans became a low scoring game. Um, but it is a favorable matchup for Foles nonetheless um, at 5,400. 
Um, so for this lineup, I'm, I am going to roll with Ryan and Julio. Um, the running back position for me was, was the spot that, um, you know, I, I, I've heard over and over again early in this week that this is the toughest slate of the season. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't, I don't remember which slate it was, but it seems like, you know, about a month ago, there was one that was really tough. That being said, the running back position in this slate is a little bit stingy. Um, I just mentioned Derek Kenry, and I guess we'll start there with him. He's my favorite play uh, on DraftKings this week. Obviously, considerably underpriced when you compare his DraftKings price to, to, to his $8,400 price on FanDuel. He's $6,900 on DraftKings. Um, we had, this is, I believe, the third straight week that Henry's made our, um, at least the third straight week that he's been active that he's made our article. Inexplicably, he didn't get any work in the first half against Carolina. We saw them adjust and come out in the second half and really ride him in that game. Um, in almost all of the 25 DraftKings points that he put up came in the second half. Um, and then he made our article again because I said, you know, against Kansas City, they really, you know, he should have a season high in um, carries trying to keep Mahomes off the field. And in that Kansas City uh, front seven was extremely suspect to the run and we saw that play out 23 carries 180 yards and two touchdowns i think that's just going to be the narrative moving forward for the titans is to ride henry the rest of the season 20 plus carries every week um and again this is a jacksonville defense that's giving up and and uh, you know they're now leading the league in yards per carry allowed uh, right at five yards per carry they're giving up over over six over the last month and then over seven in their road splits right now so really really bad run uh, defense on the road for Jacksonville. Um, all signs pointed to Derrick Henry having another big game. And I mean, let's not forget this is how he finished the season last year, um, beating up teams uh, over the final four or five weeks for the Titans last season. So I do like Derrick Henry, 6,900. Um, you know, we're already down to 4,700 average remaining player because you can kind of see that I'm going to have a couple of value plays in here. Um, that is not going to be the case with this next running back, though. I'm going to pay up for a guy that is vastly overpriced on DraftKings this week, and that's Jalen Samuels. And I will I will add a caveat here that um, this is assuming that James Conner is out this week. If James Conner is active, Jalen Samuels, obviously you can't start him. I don't think you can start James Conner either, um, but I would, I would basically be off both guys. Um, with as many injuries as they have, um, not only will Samuels see, a, a, obviously, a bump in – carries in this game against Cincinnati with Connor out. Although I would say, you know, with Snell possibly back and likely back, I, I think it sounds like he's probably going to be a full participant at practice today. Um, and I, um, I would say that the carries aren't going to be crazy. Um, to me where his value is, is in the passing game, just like the last time Connor was out, we saw a giant spike in, um, targets for him. I think you're going to see something similar here just because with Juju banged up and um, Deontay Johnson out, uh, the Steelers are going to have to throw to someone. And if we think it's going to be James Washington and and um, Johnny Holton, you know, I think we wrote in the article that, you, you know, betting on those two guys is like betting on the Rutgers money line. It just it's never paid off. Um, both guys always kind of flash and you think they're going to come on and then the Steelers prove that you just can't trust them. So. I think Samuels in the passing game um, is going to be extremely busy this week. Um, to finish up the running back position, if if you know you were to swap any one of those two guys out, my next favorite play on DraftKings this week um, is Ronald. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Ronald Jones. I'm trying to see right here, he's at 4,800. Um, 
so obviously the game script got away from New Orleans and it was never going to be in his favor last week. Um, I know that Tampa said, you know, he's our feature back. He's our, he, you know, we're going to get him the ball, you know, in an increasing number of times. And it was nice to see Peyton Barber not get any carries last week. So, you know, the fact that Jones got four, I believe it was, yeah, four carries for 13 yards wasn't, um, I mean, it was awful. And hopefully he didn't have shares against him against a great New Orleans um, front seven. But yeah, that game was never going to be one where Tampa was running the ball a bunch. Obviously, New Orleans offense was going to come out hungry after the loss to Atlanta. Um, and, you know, facing one of the top three run defenses in the league, Ronald Jones is never going to be a huge part of the game script. After catching eight passes the week before, you'd hope to see him catch a little more. Um, but I think, you know, Daria Agunabwale stole some of his snaps there. So this is a much more favorable matchup. Atlanta right at four yards per carry on the year, but it's actually over the past month, despite the improved play, um, that number's moved up a little bit. So they're giving up a little more production to opposing running backs. Um, so I think, you know, especially following a, a big turnover game from Jameis Winston last week, where he had four picks again, you could see a little more of the run game here from Tampa. And um, the other thing to keep in mind with the Tampa receivers and Ronald Jones is that they're not going to target Scotty Miller and Cameron Brait 20 times moving forward. That was kind of an anomaly. Is something that clearly Arians either game scripted or planned on, or you know something he saw during the game that he wanted to get those two guys involved in, in with whatever their matchups were. It's not going to be the case moving forward. Um, so I think Jones could could potentially be a little busier in the passing game here as well. Um, so he would be the other running back that I'm really looking at on DraftKings. And then speaking of that game, I do think that. Um, Mike Evans is worth a look. If you go through the the um, the game log for both Godwin and Evans, and then you go through the opposing team's scheme, um, Godwin tends to shine when either he is facing a highly suspect slot corner or Mike Evans is being shadow coverage, covered. And just in general, if the other team uses sh- shadow coverage in one way or another or um, plays a, a lot of man, that tends to be a week where we see Godwin featured heavily. Uh, that's not the case with Atlanta. They haven't used shadow coverage once this season. I think they're going to see a bunch of zone here. I think this is um, the type of game when you look at the, you know, the game log for each guy that Mike Evans tends to go off. And I thought that would have been the case last week, but again, I think anytime you see 20 targets between Cameron Brayton, Scotty um, Miller, you have to kind of just throw that, throw the target number for both of these guys out for that one. That game was an anomaly. So, I like Mike Evans here on the road. Atlanta's going to put up points against this horrible Bucks secondary, so you expect them to be playing from behind a bunch. Um, and as we've seen throughout this year, anytime that you know Evans has a down game or sees a dip in targets, um, they tend to come back and feed him the ball a ton. So I think double-digit targets, maybe 14-plus targets, is even possible with the way I think this game is going to flow. Um, so I like Mike Evans, 7,300 on DraftKings. Um, the next receiver that I'm targeting, uh, and maybe we'll come back at the end of this and, and or, or do it during the Fandle one and talk about some of the guys that aren't making this particular lineup. Um, but I mentioned matchups that Nick Foles can exploit in that um, John Filippo will be able to exploit coming into this Tennessee Titans game. I really like D.D. Westbrook here, 4,600. Still a, a really strong um, snap count for him or snap percentage for him in the slot. So we know that... Um, First of all, they are still using DJ Shark in the slot some to, just to give him mismatches. Um, 
but it's still primarily Westbrook working on the slot. So you're going to see him matched up with Logan Ryan a bunch. Um, and I have the exact numbers in the article, but it's it's something like 300 yards and three touchdowns that the Titans secondary has allowed over the past three weeks. Um, of that production, um, that I'm sorry, not the secondary, but specifically the starting corners for Tennessee, of that production, 190 yards and two of the touchdowns have come on Logan Ryan. Uh, he's just been shredded. It's like 110 yards after catch. So, the you know, the whoever he's covering is basically wide open. It's exactly the type of game that D.D. Westbrook needs to get back on track, only averaging 11 and a half yards per catch right now. Um, he needs a matchup like this where he can rack up some yak um, and do just a little bit more with the targets that he's getting in this offense. And, again, this is another spot where I think you could see Keelan Cole's targets almost disappear this week. So Westbrook, you know, could basically absorb those and suddenly become a, you know, 10 to 12 target guy out of the slot against Logan Ryan. And again, a Tennessee secondary that, you know, I think they may only be giving up 230 passing yards per game of the year or something like that, but they're giving up over 300 over the past month. So trending in the complete wrong direction Um, is still really good against the run. I really like the Jacksonville passing game, you know, Nick Foles second game back here and a really easy, um, easy one to script for D Flipple and Foles. Like, you know, let's just go after Ryan who's given up 200, you know, almost a hundred yards per game uh, lately and go at him with, D.D. Westbrook uh, in an, in a favorable matchup. So I like D.D. 4,600 on DraftKings. Um, let's go ahead and fill out the wide receiver position. Um, so there's a few options, basically uh, what we'd call a punt option at the wide receiver position on DraftKings this week. Um, starting, I would, you know, I would kind of start it, obviously, um, you know, Anthony Miller against the Giants uh, along with... Um, Allen Robinson and maybe even Taylor Gabriel, uh, obviously an extremely favorable matchup with a giant secondary that is still giving up the most passing yards per game, the most, the highest QB rating per game. They're not getting pressure on opposing QBs. So it's kind of a get right game for the, the, um, bears passing offense altogether. Uh, so maybe Miller's flying a little bit under the radar at 3,500. Uh, he's probably my least favorite of this group. Um, the next guy I'm looking at is Traquan Smith, um, for the saints, Big play guy, uh, you know, only had four targets in the last game um, or the last time New Orleans faced Carolina, uh, but did score on one of those targets. So I think that he's a sleeper here. You know, he's starting to see his, he, you know, his basically, I think he's back to almost 100% snap count, which is where he was at pre-injury. Um, so you could see his target numbers start to, to climb with those added snaps. And this is a spot with where basically we want to target any pass catcher that doesn't have to face Bradbury, which you'd assume he would be on Michael Thomas. Um, not that anyone can slow down Michael Thomas, but it's worth noting that Thomas hasn't scored more than 12 DraftKings points against the Panthers in their last two meetings. Um, so it's a spot here where maybe Smith could see some added added usage if they look to um, more favorable matchups. Uh, and Traquan's 3,400 on DraftKings. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Holton a little bit, but you know, he's worth a flyer. He's a, he's a big play guy. Um, I, I probably won't have any shares of him. Um, but his, his snap count jumped up considerably. And I think he saw seven targets. He only caught one of them, but he saw seven targets, uh, once the two receivers were out for Pittsburgh last week. So worth a look there. Um, the, the guy that I'm really interested in is Nikhil Harry with, uh, Philip Dorsett's injury. 
I think Harry gets to 50, 60 yards and a touchdown against Dallas, um, who is way more susceptible to the pass and the run. Defense isn't playing well at all right now. Um, and, it, you know, that left wide receiver spot, if that's what we want to call it, is is a spot we've seen Philip Dorsett put up some big numbers, um, some big fantasy performances in. Nikhil Harry looked pretty solid in his in his first start. I don't I think his snap count was somewhere around 30 percent. Um, three or four targets, 18 yards. Uh, obviously a big body, a guy that we saw them target in the red zone in the preseason. Um, so I like Nikhil Harry uh, as another punt option. And I, I thought I had a minimum salary guy as well. Let me quickly look at that. Oh yeah, Tim Patrick, $3,000 minimum salary. Uh, 5.9 points um, last week as the wide receiver two for Denver. Not a favorable matchup against Buffalo. Um, but I think, you know, this could be... And this could be a sneaky spot for him to where, you know, maybe he scores a touchdown. Um, but I, he looked really good in his in his debut last week. Um, actually, I think he might have played one game before that. But, his, yeah, so he, he played in week one. But uh, first game back, four catches on eight targets, 77 yards um, with a long of 38 against Minnesota last week. Somewhat more favorable matchup um, than Buffalo, obviously, but he's worth a shot at 3000 He's just underpriced at 3000 to be honest. Um, and then at tight end, uh, I think a lot of the attention this week is going to be on the top two guys. If Hooper is healthy in a matchup against Tampa, who's kind of trying to chase down Arizona from behind at this point to, to be the worst team against tight ends. Um, if he's healthy, I think some, some, you know, maybe 10 to 15% ownership for him. Um, otherwise, I think you're going to see just a, a absolute ton of shares of Zach Ertz against Seattle, who can't do anything with tight ends right now. Um, and we've seen Ertz back-to-back games. We're seeing the volume is back, the production is back, and he finally scored a touchdown. Um, and his price at 6000 is probably, given how weak the tight end position has been all year, it's probably a little bit low. Um, and then I think even though Philly's decent against tight ends, Jacob Hollister is, prob- is another guy that, you know, given how effective he's been since um, taking over for Disley, I think guys are going to have a share of him. Um, and again, you know, when we, we talk about tight ends, there's only a few coordinators that really use the tight end in the red zone. Um, uh, certainly dirt cutter in, in Atlanta is, is ahead of the field in that department. Um, the second guy that I talk about is Seattle, like the Seattle's thrown their tight end for the last two seasons, um, pretty consistently in the red zone. So, you know, he could score, every week the rest of the season it really wouldn't surprise me um but i'm gonna go one slot down from him he's he's priced at 4300 ryan or ryan griffin at 4200 new york jets um now that herndon's out for the year griffin's kind of the dude here um he's gone over 6x value his 4200 for his 4200 salary in two of his last four games um so it's a spot that um against Oakland again we we've been targeting the Oakland secondary um all season their safeties are giving up a nearly perfect um QB rating on the year um again if you're watching you're not going to be able to see this uh but um you look at Carl Joseph 113 Nick Harris 96 QB rating uh when Riley's been in there 141.4 DJ Swearinger 145.3 um, ton of production coming at the safety position this season um, for uh, Oakland against, uh, sorry, <clears throat> against Oakland. Um, so I like Griffin here. 
again, you know, two out of the last four, he's got a zero sandwich in between those two big games. He's got, an, I think, an 11 as well on DraftKings. Um, but I do like him here against Oakland <clears throat> at home. Again, you want to target target the tight end. You want to target the um, nickel corner against Oakland. Those are the weakest spots of that secondary. Um, similar situation um, against Washington where the outside corners have been pretty solid this season, but their they're nickel corner, <clears throat> who's been, I think, Fabian Moreau, he's been hurt on and off all year. He's been giving up a ton of production, so it could be a decent spot for Danny Amendola. Um that this week as well, but Oakland's a similar defense. You want to, you know, you want to target them from the inside out. So I think Griffin could, could have a solid week, but you know, I'd also be looking at Jamison Crowder there as well. Um, and then the other tight end that I, that I really like this week, uh, just a little bit cheaper on DraftKings is Vance McDonald We kind of already talked about the issues that, um, Pittsburgh has with their pass catchers right now. Not a, not a ton of guys to throw to. Certainly nobody reliable. You know, this is kind of like, you know, using one of Bruce Arians' tight ends. Um, you, they're they're not going to use him regularly. You'll see all of a sudden, you know, this monster game. It tends to come out of nowhere. It tends to come in a situation unexpected. So it might not be this week against a bad Cincinnati team where, you know, the majority of the pass catchers for Pittsburgh are out. Um, but, yeah, you'll see no usage. Pittsburgh doesn't use their their tight ends at all. And then all of a sudden, you know, McDonald will have a, a game where he goes off. Um, there's a chance that's this week. I think just by default, you know, and the fact that, you know, if we, you know, we've brought our target value down this week to 3.5 X, just because I think the scoring is going to be down again this week. Um, so if you lower your number to that, you know, he's only got to get to 11 DraftKings points to reach value this week. I think he's, he's pretty safe. It's pretty safe that he's going to do that here against Cincinnati. So I do like Vance McDonald at 3,500 um, on DraftKings. Um, so it's, um, let's go ahead and make that switch right now. I had Griffin in, but I'm going to put Vance in, which leaves me 2,500 for a defense, which, um, I've just been paying a little less for defense lately. Uh, there was a stretch earlier this season where I was, you know, paying up for new England or paying up for who Miami was playing or, um, I think there's been value every week at the defensive position. Uh, I'm going to go with Vic Fangio's Broncos here. Playing way better over the last couple of months. Um, complimentary football, which you love to see. You know, they're not going to give up cheap points like we saw the Vikings do in the first half of the game last week. I'm sure a lot of people had shares of the Vikings defense. Um, I'm, I'm, the the sack production's been there. Um, you look at, you know, over this over this run where they've been fairly productive basically since week five on. Um, you're seeing consistent sacks. You get, you know, three games over five, four games over four sacks. Uh, not a ton of interceptions. They do tend to come in bunches for them, and we've seen Josh Allen throw interceptions this season, but I do think this is a spot where Buffalo's not going to put up a ton of points, obviously, um, and Denver's defense has been coming on. So on the road, 2,400, they're probably slightly underpriced there on DraftKings. Um, all right, so let's quickly put together a FanDuel Sunday Million lineup. Um, <clears throat> just give a, a little bit of a different look here. Uh, with this one so at quarterback I guess we'll go with my um, what I said was my second favorite pick again you know I I would be on Matt Ryan um, on FanDuel as well I'm not saying he's not a good play on FanDuel we're just going to build a, a slightly modified version of the initial lineup um, and I guess it starts at the quarterback position so I'm going to go with Jeff Driscoll um, just a slight edge over Nick Foles in this one again you know that Washington 
secondary right now is giving up a ton of chunk plays, you know, over nine yards per pass attempt. Uh, so I think he'll be effective there. And we've seen him, you know, run for 45 yards per game and, and had the rushing touchdown last week. So on the road um, against a bad defense. And, and again, this is one where there's not a ton of outs because Detroit doesn't run the ball particularly well. You can run against Washington and maybe they will be able to establish the run. Um, we've only seen it, you know, I guess if you want to call 56 yards from Bo Scarborough last week, um, establishing the run, we've really only seen it that one time. Um, so I'm not going to bet on that. I'm going to bet on, you know, Driscoll in the, in the Detroit passing game being effective once again and again in a, in a matchup that's proven to be um, pretty fruitful over the second half of the season with the Redskins. I'm going to pay up for Derrick Henry. He's the second highest priced running back. I think a lot of people are going to be on Chubb um, this week as well, who's a couple spots below him. So Henry's 8,400 on FanDuel. Chubb's 8,200. Um, again, just love the spot for him. And then, um, you know, assuming Connor's out, we'll go ahead and plug Samuels into this one as well. Uh, I do like uh, Ronald Jones and his price, uh, 6000 here on FanDuel as well. But I'm going to plug in Jalen Samuels, 6900 And then moving to the wide receiver position, instead of targeting Julio, I'm going to go ahead and for the third straight week uh, put Calvin Ridley into our FanDuel lineup this week. Again, you know, no, no Mosa new uh, gauge hasn't he, gauge did have a touchdown called back last week, but he hasn't been um, nearly as productive out of the slot. And there's, you know, that chance that, you know, again, we're recording this on, um, on uh, Wednesday. So I don't know for sure, but there's a chance that Hooper is not active again this week. So there's a ton of carry or targets to go around in, in, in a, in basically the best possible spot here against Tampa Bay secondary that can't cover anyone right now. So Calvin Ridley, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and lock in Harry at 5,000 on this one as well. Um, I just, you know, again, this is assuming Philip Dorsett's but we out, but we've given like some some guys that are a similar price that you can target if um, that isn't the case. Uh, but I do like Harry at 5,000 on FanDuel. And then again, we're going to play, I guess, the um, counter to... Mike Evans in this lineup as well will go with Chris Godwin. He did have 35 DraftKings points against Atlanta last se- in his last game against Atlanta last season. Um, and um, despite you know this looking like the uh, like a more favorable matchup for Mike Evans um, this week, I think you know if you look at what the Atlanta secondary has allowed um, over the past month, uh, I was trying to pull it. up. Yep. Sorry if the uh, show just cut out for three seconds there. The entire thing just froze on me. Um, so yeah, Atlanta's um, secondary, you know, we're, we really want to target um, their nickel corner right now as well. You know, even in this resurgence, he's been the uh, weak spot of this defense. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up his numbers over the past month or so. Yeah, so uh, Kendall Sheffield, um, who's the main slot corner for Atlanta, and let's go ahead and move this to slot coverage. Um, he's been easily the um, 
most favorable matchup to, over the past, you know, over the stretch where, you know, the Falcons defense has improved. Um, so he's given up eight, eight receptions on 11 targets for 54 yards. So n- nothing too crazy, but again, the, you know, they've been really effective. This defense is, has really improved since, um, since Raheem Morris took over uh, coaching the secondary. If you look at his, Year-long number, he's given up 14 receptions on 19 targets. It's 126 snaps in the slot. Um, and again, you know, that's, you know, taking over for Kazi, who gave up uh, 19 receptions on 23 targets for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so, you know, somewhat favorable matchup here for Chris Godwin, obviously. And, and this is a game script that just favors Tampa Bay coming from behind at some point. Um, so I'm going to use Godwin um, as my third wide receiver. And then in the flex, we already kind of talked about uh, Nick Chubb and his matchup. So I'm going to plug him in here as well at 8,200. Uh, I think he's the safest play of the Cleveland guys. If you're talking about the highest ceiling, I think it's him. You know, we haven't seen Cream Hunt. I thought Cream Hunt would be a massive issue to Chubb's fantasy value. Um apparently operating under that assumption was, you know, assuming that Chubb would have a role in the passing game, like Kitchens swore would be the case all off season. Um, it hasn't been the case. Uh, so Chubb's, um, work in the passing game is really, I guess if anyone, maybe Landry a little bit, but it really hasn't ate into anyone of any fantasy relevance in. That uh, that that could be because um, Cleveland's not getting anything out of the tight end position as well right now. So, um, but yeah, of of the Cleveland uh, position players, I think Nick Chubb has the highest ceiling and in is also the highest floor uh, against this Miami defense that we've seen give up massive numbers to opposing running backs this season. And Cream uh, Hunt just isn't getting enough volume to um, really concern me here. So, again. Ryan Griffin, Vance McDonald, uh, extremely similar prices here. I'm going to go ahead and just plug in a defense and then go from there. I do think the Seattle defense is in play is another really cheap option here. Um, I know they're on the road, uh, and I know that Philly's been pretty good this season, but if if Lane Johnson's out, that's something I'd keep an eye on. If Lane Johnson's out, um, I think Seattle could cause issues with um, Clowney and Ansa off the, off the edge, uh, and I think they could get to, get to Wentz at least force a fumble. I think he's got a couple fumbles in the past month. He hasn't thrown an interception in a while. Um, but at the very least they could, you know, get to him and create pressure, which is obviously when you have receivers that can't get open is going to cause problems for him. Um, and then jumping back to the tight end position, I've got uh, Vance McDonald in the other lineup. So we'll just plug Ryan Griffin in here. And there is our Sunday million lineup. We're going to roll, um, you know, with, uh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, which again, I don't, you know, I don't have near, this is, this is like our podcast from a few weeks ago where, you know, it was the week where, um, I think it actually was another Tampa Bay game. Seattle played Tampa Bay and I was like, you know, we just have to be on Russell Wilson and, and, um, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And, and that was one of our better weeks of the season. Um, I feel that way about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, um, Calvin Ridley here this week, I would, you know, basically I'd start every lineup with those three. If, if we could get word that Hooper was out and not going to be vulturing the tight, the touchdowns here, but, um, you know, so I'd be hesitant to say, you know, Driscoll's a better play, especially when you look at the salaries, salary comparison between Driscoll and, 
and Matt Ryan on FanDuel where Ryan's only 7,900 and Driscoll 73. But um, I do he's a, I do think he's a solid um, alternative this week. So Driscoll at quarterback, Derek Henry and Jalen Samuels uh, at running back, just like on DraftKings. Um, and again, we could easily, Uh, Matt Ryan into this lineup simply by swapping uh, Jalen Samuels and putting in um, uh, Ronald Jones here. But all right, so Driscoll, Henry Samuels, Ridley, Nikhil Harry, Chris Godwin, Ryan Griffin, Nick Chubb in the Seattle defense on FanDuel. Uh, we're gonna. I'm actually gonna have a Friday podcast where we lock our picks in um, and come up basically release a, a like a final lineup. Um, for each of these sites and in, I guess, you know, marry our picks to a small group of players for the week. So make sure if you're not already subscribed to uh, get notified when that podcast comes out, check us out at hellorookie.com. You can subscribe there as well and have these podcasts emailed to you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.